Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Corrales Punta Cana Championship PGA DFS First Look Show. I'm your host for this fun hour where we go over a couple of things from last week. We go over some of our favorite DFS players reviews. And I'm joined by my co-host, Jeff Ulrich. Jeff, thanks for coming back. I mean, I know I probably bored you a little bit last week with some of my random takes, but... One of my random takes is now the leader, uh, the odds favorite in this field. What do you make of that, Jeff? And how was your week last week? Uh, yeah, I mean, the week was, uh, it was, it's kind of similar to yours. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, I was able to make like a little bit of profit on the, on the betting side from uh, just Louie getting in the top five and, and Harris English hitting in the top five and Fino hanging around the top 10. Nothing big. The big money was all on Patrick Reed and him falling off. And me basically, uh, you know, just deciding not to get any, even like a tiny piece of Bryson uh, made the, the DFS side not so profitable. So that's kind of the week it was, but I mean, it's always good to take advantage of those bigger each ways and stuff on the, on the majors. And, and yeah, man, I mean, like Zalatoris, I mean, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I follow the corn Ferry tour and stuff like that. So um, it was cool to see. Uh, I, I really regret not like, um, you know, using my own knowledge of how good, he was playing and, and actually putting that into my lineups, but it was very cool to see Will Zalatoris come through with the top, uh, top six. I didn't even realize until late on Sunday where he had finished. I mean, it was like, it's like, Oh, he's, he's up there. Like he's had Dustin Johnson. So cool to see. I know uh, I saw a couple lineups uh, with him in it, like really take advantage of that. So again, you know, I didn't take advantage of it cause I'm an idiot, but um, you know, it was good to see other people across the industry who follow the same thing, do it. So. Yeah, and one of those guys, um, I, I had a 18% salatory, as we'll see. So uh, it was decent on the field, but not enough to get me through. One of those guys, though, was our own Alex Baker, who was on the Wednesday show with Ben and I. And he said, hey, listen, guys, Jason wrote him up in the Monday article. I'm just going to play him. And he did. He played him at 34% over the field. Got him a, a top 25 or 30 in the Millionaire Maker. Nice. We'll go over that in a little bit. Um, so let's go into some of our topics here that I have First, I want to talk, uh, we haven't even talked about Bryson DeChambeau. We'll talk for a couple of minutes about him. My question to you is, is he going to go mainstream now? He won the USGA, uh, US Open. He's going to go on all the talk show hosts. Is now, like, all the, like, high school kids just going to want to get, like, 270 and hit the ball 900 yards? Like, is that going to happen? Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen right away. I'll tell you something. If if this sort of trend of him just... 900 yards? Oh, like, my that- fault. Sorry. That's okay. No, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't. Uh, I forgot to press the mute. 
Um, I like look if if he if this continues into the Masters and he shows up again or or, or wins another big event soon, it, it's gonna set it could set some trends here. It could definitely lead to you know other dudes doing this. I think that'll be the biggest thing we see. Like, is there gonna be some some guys at the junior level starting to do this more? Is maybe another pro gonna take the, a similar approach, like another young dude? Um, that'll be the tell, right? Like if we get people trying to copy it, I mean, copying is, is always, you know, uh, it's, it's, form of flattery. you know, sincerest form of flattery, whatever you want to call it. That'll be the sort of barometer to how mainstream Bryson is going. If this is just a fad or not. Um, I think, I think if th this, this does have a chance to stick around, I mean, um, again, but I, he, we need to see some continuation. I mean, Bryson has been really hit or miss. Um, you know, he, he's either been terrible or he's just like, it just seems like he comes to these courses and he's almost unbeatable. Like he's almost got this huge advantage. So it's been a really weird thing to see. Um, it's been cool to see. I mean, I, I appreciate from what he's done just from a commitment perspective, right? Like I'm all about that, but um, you know, whether it's long-term or not, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm not sold, but um, he's just been so inconsistent and so high. Like when he's on, he's on that. I want to see a little bit more before I'm, I'm like committed to saying like this, this Bryson thing is here to stay. So I don't know, I guess just a wait and see approach for me. Yeah. I, for me, I'm always been a big proponent of, I don't care how you get it done. If you get it done, that's why I probably like Jordan Spieth so much because he was getting it done. It didn't matter that he was just making putts, chipping it in from God knows where not right. ball striking. Well, um, I like Bryson just as much, and people are, are ranting on him, saying it's a bomb and, bomb and gouge. Well, listen, he still had to get the ball in the fewest amount of strokes, and those greens were probably the second-best greens I've ever watched intently behind Augusta. I absolutely loved watching on him. If you had some creativity on the greens, you could make some really fun stuff happen. You know, Hideki Matsuyama pitched in for birdie in round two from the first green. He threw away behind the hole. Just fun stuff like that. I love that. Um, we don't see that you know, rarely on the PGA tour at all. So um, next one I want to talk about Wolf, Matt Wolf, two for two in majors, maybe a little bit extension though. In Wolf's three, call it four good starts on the PGA tour. Bryson DeChambeau has been right next to him in all of them. They've gone, Bryson won the rocket mortgage last year before that uh, Wolf won the three M here we are. Bryson wins the U S open. Do you think it's really a, a course thing with these two guys? Or do you think it's kind of more coincidence than anything else? Well, I, I think I think they have similar games. I mean, I, I really do. I mean, Wolf Wolf gets it out there, man. I mean, he, he it's a similar style game. He may not have the the, the bulkiness, and it, it may not be you know made, made like this media thing with him because it's not really a transformation. But that that's kind of always just been the way he's played. You know, he's got that funky stroke. It gives him a, a ton of power just to to kind of let loose when he needs it. And I mean, uh, he, he's just so good at, at, at getting it down uh, around the hole. So I, I really do kind of think it, it's a bit of a course fit thing. Um, definitely, uh, you know, appreciate that he's finding some consistency, though. I mean, quite frankly, over his career, he's been very like Bryson-like. Like, he's either competing or he's just, you know, it's it's like, what, what are you doing? Like, and yep. then you get the, the people criticizing him, you know, oh, his game, it's not long term, but you know, the upside with both these guys are, are extremely similar because I think their games are so similar right now. So um, whether you see more consistency from these dudes uh, as they just start to figure out how to implement this style of game more, but I feel like their, their games are actually really similar in a lot of regards. They can dominate so much off the tee if the rest of their game is going. I mean, it, it's almost unfair. So you saw that this week. I mean, there was there's literally um, like nobody else really – who was threatening them ever at this event. I mean, they were both kind of locked into their styles of games. 
no one else, no one else was even close. I mean, I, I know the, the scores got a tiny bit tight at some point, but it was, it wasn't too bad race. I mean, it was. Your, your guy though, Louis got kind of close doing it a totally different way. That's what I love. You know, we had those two guys bombing it. Then we had Louis coming in third who hit the most fairways or some of the most fairways in the week. Yeah. So absolutely love that. Well, uh, we've got a bunch. It is, this is a really incredible time in in the sports world or in, in even in sports history. We have so many going on right now. The NBA, you know, finals are almost going on. And we've got a bunch of free content. Go over and check out our awesome uh, Instagram page. This Today, we've got the NFL DFS showdown projections. we got Taysom Hill up there, of course, you know, with uh, no Michael Thomas tonight in the Saints game. I'm sure he'll be popular. So go on and check that out. Um, and I just got a note uh, from... Uh, our boss here, Alex Osmo, he uh, Baker, he just messaged me. And he's like, "Wait, Will Zalatoris is really the highest priced player this week at the Corrales Punta Cana Championship?" Yes, he really is, Alex, and we will uh, certainly get to that. So, guys, let's get some likes for Will Zalatoris being the highest priced player. Uh, if you haven't hit the like button, we certainly appreciate that you do so. Um, all right, so let's move on. Talk a couple more things about the U.S. Open. Uh, obviously, we've already talked about Zalatoris, so we could skip that bullet point, but. For me, the most disappointing golfer of the week was Rory McIlroy. Now, granted, I, I understand he came in the top 10. It's a decent finish. But he was also, and I think I said on this show, whoever leads the field in driving accuracy for these top-end guys is going to win. That proved to be totally wrong, but Rory was. He was in the top five in driving accuracy for the week. What, what do you make of that? I mean, it's pretty disappointing to see him not really contend seeing that statistic. Yeah, it's true. Um, you know, but that's been the story with Rory since the restart. Like he, the driving's been there for outside of like maybe like one really bad start. Um, but he's been driving it fine. Like that's, you know, his, that part of his game hasn't hasn't really let down at all. So um, he just cannot figure out a, how to hit his irons correctly, uh, you know, or consistently, I guess. I really feel like his wedge game has just completely left him. Um, and and the, the putting and around the green has looked okay in spurts, but you know, that's always been a bit of a, a sketchy part for Rory. So it really feels like the confidence with the irons is starting to bleed through to the rest of his game. And, and it does feel like, it does feel like a lot of it's mental right now. I mean, I know he had the baby thing coming up and, and now he's, he's obviously seen Bryson kind of just overpower a golf course. And it, it feels a little bit psychological. Like it feels like Rory almost needs to, to kind of sit back and, and get a game plan of just like, okay, I'm still driving it better. My, my iron's obviously not great. You know, like he, he needs a way to start attacking again because it feels like, you know, he used to be the guy who just used to smash it out there and the rest would just kind of come when it needed. And it, it, it just like that advantage almost feels gone for Rory right now. So he's got to sit back and, and, and develop a, a new strategy, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he needs to like hit it shorter or something, but he needs to just get some confidence in, in the rest of his game. So I, I really think a lot of it with Rory right now, psychological off the tee game is still really good. I think it'll come eventually might, might not be till till you know 2021 though yeah it, it could be a little while uh until at least it all comes back together the other one that was really um interesting to me zach johnson that's six for six in a row now at u.s opens and he's just got the game for for these courses i guess um really found that to be interesting a couple of more notes that i had and this has kind of been a brewing topic especially the more sports betting goes mainstream but i want to talk to you about Gary Woodland, uh, he missed the cut, and he may not have been that popular, semi-popular. He was on a couple of good lineups. You'll see in our lineup review, he was on my best lineup. He came out and said he has a torn labrum in his hip after he misses the cut, right? So, granted, it's maybe the maybe when he was asked about it, that's when he answered. But the fact of the matter is, he is injured. And 
in his press conference on Monday or Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday, he said nothing about it. He said he was basically net have, hasn't felt better. Yeah. Well, Joel Damon uh, put out and asked me anything on Twitter, and I decided to ask Joel Damon, hey, do you think there should be an injury report for golf? And he was kind enough to answer me, and he said, I think sh- some stuff should be more clear or there should be more clarity on them. Or, do you agree with Joel Damon, or do you think it's hard for golf or the PGA Tour to have an injury report? I, I, I can see both perspectives. I would obviously prefer if there was some kind of injury report every week. I mean, love for dear God, like it's like you said, it just gives players leniency to say whatever they want without without issue, right? Like Gary Wilson could have could have just he he could have had toward labor and decided he was going to play this week and be like, I'm not going to say anything about it. I don't want my competitors to know that I'm playing injured. I get it from that perspective. The players are sole proprietors, right? Like they are. They're not playing for a team. They don't have any allegiance to anyone outside themselves. So why would they go and give more information to the field or or anyone outside of their own little bubble, right? Like, I I definitely get it. There's no edge that they gain from giving injury information, but they are a part of the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour makes money, betting, entertainment, et cetera. People want to know information about the best players. So, yeah, I do think there should be something. Uh, I, I think that the PGA operates, and it always does, in its own little bubble, kind of like it's the only sport in existence and doesn't really pay attention to other major leagues. But you want to get a little bit of respect. You want, uh, you know, again, you're, you're getting into this new venues with betting and in DFS. Just put out a little injury report, man. Like, it's not going to cost you any manpower. People will appreciate it. Give people something to read. It'll probably inc- increase the traffic on your website by, like, 10 times every Tuesday. So, um, just I mean, put it out. Like Gary it, Woodland playing injured with Torm Labrum likely gets more hits than Gary Woodland returning champion here again. Uh, I think it's money off advertising your injury report than you will, you know, anything else. So, yes. So for me, uh, I'm on the camp of let's give give us the information. I think it's it's only fair. Now, if if there are betters that are going to tell me, hey, Jason, we knew about the Gary Woodland injury last week, and we went to the betting markets and we took. Um, let's just say it was Victor Hovland, right? Because they were priced within $200 of each other in DraftKings. Let's just say that, even though Hovland might have been a better matchup. Let's just throw that out and say, we threw everything on Hovland because we knew Woodland was injured. Okay. I'd like to know how you found that information out because it definitely wasn't public. Yeah. And, and it's fine if you got it. And if that's a perceived edge that betters want and that's their argument against having an injury report, I get it. There's definitely an edge to be had there. But yeah. And people will make whole, that argument. I don't think many people are going to know that. And people will make that argument until it affects them negatively, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> until they don't have the information, until they're on the Gary Woodland side, and they're like, oh, I didn't know that. You know, where's the injury report? So. Yeah, another one that came up in, in tournament, and this was a more freak accident with JT Poston. Poor guy got his cornea scratched from a rock after yeah. the first round. He was on the practice range. You know, he had Chuck just one over. Great score on day one could only see out of one of his eyes for day two and shot 15 over. I mean, that just happens. We didn't know about it until after he teed off his, or even after he finished, his caddy came out and was like, hey, guys, JT kind of was only playing with one eye today. So I think there should just be more clarity. I think it would be fair for everybody. And if that's what PGA Tour is going for, transparency, this will only help it. Okay, so maybe off of my soapbox a little bit there. Um, Any other U.S. Open notes? Uh, You kind of already mentioned the ones that I had written down with Tony Finau kind of backdooring that top 10 posting a good score on Sunday. Um, Dustin Johnson back during a top six uh, kind of came out of nowhere for that. Anything else before we move on to our DFS review? I mean, uh, not really. Like it was, it, it's just another one of those majors where you just, 
again, it sounds like a broken record. You just you, you play the guys who always show up in majors, man. Xander, Louie, um, Louis. Finau. Again, I mean, yeah. this is every single major. Don't overthink some of these guys. Yeah, they might burn you once. In the next major, they're probably going to bounce right back. So, right. Yep. Um, you know, not a time to get crazy. I know you see, like, Zach Johnson up there, but – um, you know, th there's always going to be a dude like that. It it's just, it's not a time to get too crazy. Really look at that recent forum and just, you know, um, tr try not to, uh, try not to overthink it, I guess, at least from the top end. Right. I mean, I, I know there's always going to be, you know, GPP guys, you got to throw in there. You got to finish off lineup somehow, but, um, no, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Let's go uh, right into our point review and ownership review from last week, uh, part of our DFS review. So I just run down quickly the top 10 point scores. No surprise. Bryson DeChambeau, Matt Wolf, one, two, Louis. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who stays in three, but number four, sliding in, Will Zalatoris. There he is, 70 points. Xander Shoffley had 69.5, including five bogeys in his last six holes. Of course, he threw in that birdie to pay out my top five, though, on a full payout instead of splitting it with four of the guys. So I guess I thank him for that. Patrick Reed had 66, and I feel like he had you know, 96. Now, granted, he had the winning points, but I feel like he went negative the last two rounds there, or at least the last uh, at least the last 25 holes or so. I think he might have had negative points. Um, Justin Thomas, 66. Harris English, 64 and a half. DJ, 61. And Rory, 58.5. Now, how did the chalk do? Chalk did pretty good last week for all intents. Xander Schauffele was the highest owned. He came in fifth. Ty Hatton, maybe my biggest chalk killer, as I should have just moved all of those shares to Victor Hovland, go to Shota he was 25 and 115th. And that's after opening with two birdies in his first four holes. I was real excited about it. Um, Patch Gree, 23% and sixth. John Rahm, 22%, 27th. Justin, 19 and sixth. Louis, 18 and third. Webb, 17 and 15. Dustin, 17 and nine. I mean, this is incredible. Really, really well done by the chalk. Matt Fitzpatrick, 17 and 63rd. So even though he missed the cut because of a three putt on 18. He was the highest scoring guy that missed the cut. Daniel Berger and Paul Casey round out the top 10 own. So a really good week by the chalk, Jeff. So if you did, you know, have one or two guys miss the cut, it's likely you didn't cash, especially if you didn't have Bryson and only had four or six, you likely didn't cash this week. Well, and, and I mean, that Fitzpatrick thing is significant. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. He's in, he was in the winning million lineup, right? Yeah, we're about to go into that. That's a great yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Sorry, I won't skip ahead. But, yeah, I mean, uh, it's obviously, like, the higher scoring missed cut dude is actually really significant this week. So, like, Fitzpatrick actually didn't even end up being, like, that bad a play. Uh, as far as the chalk, I was a little bit surprised. People finally got on Louie. People usually just ignore him, but... It looks like uh, you know at the uh, you know at the majors, people finally catching on. It's way too cheap a price. Um, it, it's funny, you know, the U.S. Open for all the ballyhoo about the the toughness in the course, it often ends up being like the most simplest major. Um, you know, just the tee to green guys, they, they're very consistent. Sometimes they'll just scrape through the cut, but um, you know they'll they'll end up just. It, it's like the bigger sample you get, the more they just end up you know bleeding towards the top. So. Um, that's the way I've kind of found the last few years anyways. Like I said, just not not one to overthink, not a major you you need to overthink. So, Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. Uh, as we look at the Millie Maker uh, review, you teased it perfectly. Matt Fitzpatrick, 
of 5061. We said it on this show. Both you and I said, listen, yeah. five of six with how hard the course is going to be is in play if you put together those other ones. And what's crazy is he could have gone down to Victor Hovland and had 40 more points or uh, maybe not quite 40, I think 35 more points. So he didn't even have the best lineup he could. It's not like he threw in, say, you know, a 6,000 guy or even JT Boston for that matter. Um, but a great lineup nonetheless. Total ownership of 86%. He had two total entries. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Xander Schauffele, Matt Wolf, Louis Ustazen, Will Zalatoris, and Matt Fitzpatrick. So obviously guard dog 12 is what it looks like. Had a nice tip on the Will Zalatoris thing. Um, you do love to see it. Uh, I mean, it's a great lineup, Jeff. I mean, anything to say other than, you know, really great pivot um, off of the Brian Harmon and Ches Reby chalk to Zalatoris down there. And then he basically just picked the chalk. I mean, except for Bryson DeChambeau. I'm sorry. He went yeah. on Instagram with DeChambeau and then picked the chalk with Zalatoris. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, sh- I should have paid more attention to that that Bryson um, ownership percentage, you know, come come Wednesday night and, and, and obviously taking advantage of that. And, you know, shout out to the people who did. I mean, I, I just, I don't, I don't think I ever thought he was going to be that actually that low. So um, definitely something that, you know, you didn't even have to go that crazy on Bryson to get overweight. Always love those spots with high-end players. Yeah, and, and the Wolf pick, I, I think, was really solid too. I mean, because Matthew Wolf's price was, it was, what was it, 77? 77, yeah. Yeah, 77. So, I mean, that, that's a fine price too. I mean, him and Louie both probably priced way too low for a major. So, i uh, love to love to see taking advantage of that. That wasn't like uber chalk either. I mean, nice loan. And then Zaltoris, we've already talked about. I mean, just a, just a really solid play at that price and, and ownership, I think. So, yeah. And let's go right into some of how the pros did. And uh, I was talking to Alex uh, midday. He had his. His best ever, at least PGA DFS millionaire maker sweat. He was up there in third as Paul Casey was making his run on Sunday um, and came really close there. But let's go over his ownership and allocations. He had Zalatoris at 34%. Justin Rose in a third of his lineups, so I'm sure he was a little maybe upset about that. Dustin Johnson in 31, Ricky Fowler 25, Jason Day 22, Tony Finau 21, John Rahm 18. Rounds it out with McElroy DeChambeau. Woodland, Casey, and Stenson all around 15 to 16%. Number of golfers above 20, he had six, which is pretty customary for Alex. Number of golfers in the top 10 of uh, his main core, he had five. So really good week there. Only three missed cuts, 75 total golfers, and his top lineup came in 27th. My allocations this week, kind of similar. Uh, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, and Colin Morikawa, though, was the big difference. I had Morikawa. Alex did not. Alex told me he was going to fade Morikawa as well. Maybe I should have just listened to him. I had Victor Hovland, Roy McIlroy, DJ, Louis Oosthuizen, Revi Hatton, Cantley, and Peters uh, had 11 golfers over 20%. Number of golfers, top 10, I had five, but I also had five missed cuts. Total golfers, 50 in the top lineup. I came in 3,000th. We'll see that here in a little bit. But, Jeff, before we move on, I, I just got to pat myself on the back for really quickly. You don't see one na- name up there, right? I mean, I finally did it. I finally broke the <laughs> broke the streak of having Spieth in my top 10. Um, Proud of yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I needed to get that in there. Um, and then uh, the, we'll go. I'll just run through the two last ones, and then you can kind of give me your summary of all of them. Uh, Human Cespedes, Justin McMahon, again, what a what a performance. Even fourth in the Millie Maker. He almost won it. In fact, he had salary to win it. He goes from Sungjae Im to Matthew Wolf, and he would have done it. But – Here's how he got it done, going from Xander Schauffele, 80%, Louis Oosthuizen, 60%, Paul Casey, 55%, Rom, 50%, Zach Johnson, 40%, Harris English, 30%, Matt Fitzpatrick, 30%, Bryson 
Berger 22, Hughes 21, Reed 20, and Simpson 20. 12 golfers over 20%, four uh, in the top 10, three missed cut, 72 total, but really just well done uh, by uh, Justin. And then Petty Theft had a tough week. He went down the Jordan Spieth, Tyrell Hatton, and Matthew Fitzpatrick route, as well as Gary Woodland. It's six missed the cut. His top lineup was 489. So a, a lot of crossover. A lot of guys tried to get exposure to the top, except for Petty Theft, uh, last guy. He got no exposure to Tom, uh, Ramos, Tom. Uh, did I just, I just combined with us. Sorry. Ron Thomas Johnson had none of them. Uh, your summary, Jeff. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, obviously we've, we've talked about, uh, Justin's, you know, uh, allocation at the top, but yeah. you can kind of see how, how it is. You said, so you said he needed to just switch one Sung JM with one Matthew Wolf. In his his fourth place lineup where he had the money to do it as well. So again, look, I'm not, I'm not like, uh, I I don't, I don't multi-entry like these guys every week. So I'm by far like the, you know, the, the Oracle on this subject, although I have done it before. And and, uh, so I've definitely played around with percentages, but um, I wonder if his approach would be a little bit more effective. Again, you take those like 20% guys, like you keep the, the, the high ownership at the top, but you just spread around a little bit more. Like I'm not, and you maybe expand the player pool a little bit, but the whole idea around his strategy and why I kind of like it is you get four or five top players. You have really heavy ownership on them. If your really small core comes through, then you sprinkle in a few more guys that might've actually got him to like a, a wolf in, in a lineup or something over him. So maybe that's like one thing. I mean, again, I don't know. Justin, Justin does this way more than me. He's probably more successful than I've ever been too. So, um, but that, that's one thing I would take. I mean, I might've sprinkled around like just lower ownership on those, 20% dudes. Again, you've already got, you're already committing to like such a, a big percentage of your core, but um, I, I appreciate the way he goes a hundred percent at it either way. Um, it obviously uh, the other three ones we saw all kind of, you know, similar ownership, definitely like uh, the fact that, you know, um, Alex and you took such high, high uh, ownerships on Zal Torres. Love to see that because yep. realistically both of you guys are like, what, like four or five times the field on it. So Absolutely. again, taking, taking advantage of things like the awesome projections to people for people who are watching, I mean, that's how they know where they're at. I mean, you can go over to the site and get a golf package and you can use things like the projections, Alex projections. So um, like to see that. I mean, um, you know, we, we did see one guy use speed and it wasn't you. So yeah, I guess that's the, the good news of the week, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And obviously I feel bad for him, uh, you know, taking speed and missing the cut. Um, but uh, Petty has, has had some pretty good results. So yeah, I, think, I mean, look, again, he's, he's yeah, he can probably afford a couple of seems like this is easily his worst week that we've seen. So, I mean, for sure. <laughs> and and speaking of Justin, going back to who came in fourth, a super positive week. He has had four or five bad weeks in a row that we've covered here. So there is a lot of variability, of course. Um, and if you're interested okay. in more stuff like this, I'll give a little plug to a guy on Twitter at Nelson Adcock. Um, he just put out uh, something to do with, how much money you actually need to be able to max enter all of these contests and expected bankroll and the expected uh, ROI on it. It's uh, it's pretty staggering. So check that out uh, when you yeah. can. I know, I know, I know Nelson's like an ex poker player too. And, you know, someone who comes from a poker background and, and used to, you know, play in, in big tournaments all the time. It is, it is shocking. I think a lot of people get into DFS without the poker background. They don't realize how much variance and how much bankroll you need to sustain entering these week after week after week. To, to see profitability it is a big undertaking so you know I, that's why i have so much respect for dudes to do this uh it's it's huge variance that they it, it sure is it's interesting he even compares the single entries and three entry stuff to this and how, how much the edge is so much greater in those or your long-term uh sustainability and being able to play them is so much greater 
um, obviously, when the field is equal to everybody. So, all right, let's uh, move on uh, to our lineup review. Let's start with mine here. And I mentioned right off of the top that uh, Gary Woodland was in my lineup. And, you know, again, there's nothing I could do about it. I had no idea uh, that he was injured. Uh, Dustin Johnson, Adam Scott, Matt Wolf, Sung J.M., Thomas Peters. So Thomas Peters was my big below seven play guy, uh, 7K guy with Zalatoris. I wish I had paired them up more together, but I'll tell you, Jeff, through three rounds, even, you know, through two rounds, I was looking great. I loved Peters. And then you saw he got to six under. And then you saw in the back nine, he started to get a little frustrated. We started to see that Thomas Peters of old come out. Yep. And the next, you know, call it 50 or so holes, maybe a little less, maybe 45 holes. He played him at 16 over. So um, as good as it started and as much as he said, he's not going to get angry anymore. It still came to fruition. You got um, the full I, Thomas Peters experience this week, people. You, you saw the good with the bad. Dude can light it up. He's really talented, but man, like the steam comes out quick with that guy. Um, yeah, I, I saw him at six under. I'm like, I started to have a little FOMO. I'm like, man, because I was I almost got on him at like triple figures. I almost added him just as a late bet. And then I'm like, well, you know, you don't need to get too worried. Like it is Thomas Peters. There's no way he can keep this up Get for two rounds. And immediately there was like bogey bogey. And I'm like, yeah, this he's done. That was <laughs> it. Right. Yeah. That was it. Um, but it was, I, I was... Play. I mean, he made a bunch of birdies, right? Like uh, I'm not, I'm not dissing on the play or anything because <laughs> he still ended up obviously being a, uh, a pretty, pretty good uh, produ- production from, from the uh, sub. Yeah. He was, he was well under seven K, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Peters was 6,800 last yeah. week. Yeah. So my biggest thing in, and you can see in this lineup and I did it in many other ones, that 8,700 range, so call it 85 to 9K, I pretty much put all of my shares in Adam Scott. And while he was better than Tiger Woods, Patrick Reed was so high-owned and scored 20 more points. And 20 more DraftKings points last week was huge, Jeff. I think that was my biggest mistake that I made here. Um, it, it just It's just how it happens. Now, when we move into your lineup, looks like maybe you fell into a couple of the same holes as I did um, why don't you give us kind of a, a rundown of what you were looking at? And again, like I said, it, it looks like you kind of followed uh, my same wavelength in a couple of spots. Yeah, for sure. So um, there we go. Okay. So, I mean, uh, again, I, I had kind of a core of, of dudes. I just, you know, want to play. Now you that. went to Reed here though. That which Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was all over Patrick Reed. I mean, I was actually, that was my biggest disappointment. I mean, I, I had like major outrights on Reed. It would have been, you know, my biggest betting week of the year if he had somehow held on. Um, so I, I was all over Reed last week. I was fine eating that chalk. Um, and, and, you know, again, it worked out from DFS. I mean, a, absolutely a great week from Patrick Reed, uh, you know, from, from a chalk perspective, Louis, the same thing. I was never going to not have exposure to him at that price in a major. He's, he's playing, you know, I think better than people think. Um, Finau, uh, again, major wanted exposure day. I, I was kind of always just, you know, I, on the fence about, but I knew I, I just wanted to get exposure to him because I knew he was going to be loaned. Yep. It's the U.S. Open. I kind of think, that, that, yeah, it, it was, it, I don't know. It, Jason Day was probably my, I don't want to say my biggest mistake of this lineup because I had Kyber and Fleetwood miss the cut, but in a way I think it was at that price. Uh, I think going to Jason Day and not going up top and, and getting exposure to some of the big guys like a Bryson or a Thomas this week. Uh, I took a more balanced approach um, because I really liked, uh, you know, obviously I like Fleetwood as well. Yep. And uh, I, I'm, that was that was the thing that shocked me the most. I really thought Fleetwood would come and, and play well here. I mean, well, even late in the day, in his yeah. I shouldn't say in the day, in his round, I thought he was going to make the cut. He, I, I granted yep. he had a bad round one, but he got it to one under at one point in the round two. 
Yeah. Ate a birdie. But every time he'd take that one step forward, it was two steps back. A birdie, two bogeys. A birdie, three bogeys. And he just could never get it going. Very frustrating. Yeah. I had him in a couple of big spots as well. I did end up with one six of six, but um, it was not good enough. I know the six of six percentage was like 5%. I'd like one or two, and uh, I think they just slid into a min cash, so nothing serious there. Okay, I'm done with the U.S. Open. Even though it was a great event, I don't want to make it sound like I'm negative. Uh, I did have Bryson to win. It caught into my DraftKings losses. I did have a, a loss on DraftKings, but um, had uh, about $50 on Bryson to win, so it covered at least most of my entries, not all of them, but still a good payout at about 30 to 1 there. Matthew Wolf's top five, if you watched my um, three-ball betting video, had Matt Wolf uh, as a tip there, so that was a nice cash. That's a great one, yeah. Yeah, uh, let's turn over to the Corrales Punta Cana, which the first note I want to make about it is that this actually is a full, considered a full field event. Because the Ryder Cup was canceled, um, it's now not an alternate event. And what does that mean? It just means that the field, the uh, how you get into the field is very different. In alternate field events for this year, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a different structure that includes Corn Ferry Tour uh, players from last year. Uh, full field events like this one will not. Will Zalatoris was going to be here on a sponsor's exemption, but now because of the top 10 of the U.S. Open, he doesn't need to use that exemption. He's there because of that. Uh, some of the other players that uh, are getting into this week's field are like the 126 to 150 categories uh, from two years ago. So Josh Teeter, Peter Uline, a couple golfers like that. Uh, it's played at Corrales Golf Club and Resort or Corrales Punta Cana Golf Club and Resort, a par 72 7,600 yards. Uh, length should be an asset here because the fairways are easier to hit, 70%, 66 greens in regulation, and when you do miss the green, you're going to get up and down about 60% of the time. 10 fours, four threes, and four fives. Two of the par fives easily reachable on the front side. The two on the back are 600-plus uh, yards long. Uh, Jeff, we've been here for, we'll call it four years, two for the PGA and two for the Corn Ferry. Uh, what have you made about the notes that I just gave and anything else you want to add? So this, I mean, I know it's a longer course and it's, it's again, it's, I don't, it's not that it's not that length doesn't help here or anything like that, but the fairways are so easy to hit. Yeah. And um, you know, you, you would figure, Oh, well, if they're easy to hit, the bombers are going to come out. But I, I really do feel like I'm one of those people who feel like length is, is a bigger advantage when, when there's thicker rough and you can get closer to the hole, kind of like what we saw last week with Bryson. So it's really played out here. Maybe there's more roll in the fairway. Maybe it's just that the, the shorter hitters and, and longer iron hitters are just, you know, it, it's so easy for them to be in the fairway, regardless of if there's 20 yards or more. I don't really know. It just the, the way the course is played length is not an issue here. I mean, Graham McDowell, uh, Bryce Garnett, the last two winners here, Dominic Bozzelli even before first, that. Yeah. yeah the first, but those two guys first in strokes gained, but not strokes gained putting putts per green regulation. Cause we don't get the strokes gained data here. First in putts and greens regulation um, below 50th in driving distance, but both guys were 10 under on the par fives for the week. So you don't need length to score on these par fives. Two of them are over 600 yards though too, Jason. So yeah. it's uh, for whatever reason, like length is just, it's not an issue. Again, I'm not saying it's not an advantage, 
but it's just not really an issue or it hasn't been so far. We obviously have only had two PGA events, but even Bazelli, he's, he's pretty much exact time of player as, you know, like a, a Bryce Garnett, just a really good putter, yeah. not big off the tee. So and I don't know. Lashley. Yeah, even Nate Lashley, who won yeah, the Ferry event. I mean, he's the exact same guys as you just mentioned. Nine off the team, right? Yeah, and and the one thing I noticed about McDowell, as as you did in Garnett, about the putts per GIR, which basically just means strokes game punting. It's not the same. There are some variances there, that, so don't take that. You know, if I got some stat washers here, some stat gurus, don't don't come down on me too hard for that comment. But there's the highest correlation between the old age statistics like plus per GIR, uh, GIR, driving accuracy. The biggest correlation to their strokes gain counterpart is plus per GIR. Um, and the other thing I noticed is both of them hit over 70% of their fairways in green. So they both hit more than the average there. Again, these fairways are super easy to hit to begin with, especially coming in. So uh, now I have on the screen here as our first topic to talk about, it's Zalatori season as this golfer, this guy, 24-year-old from Wake Forest, He's not a PGA Tour member. He's on the Corn Ferry Tour, yet he's the odds favorite to win a PGA Tour event, 14 to 1, as low as 12 to 1 in some places now, with Corey Connors as the second favorite. Let's just talk about Zalatoris for a second. This guy has been around for a little bit. He's 24 years old, as I mentioned, so he's older than Morikawa, much older than Wolf, older than Hovland. He came out on the PGA Tour and missed his first eight cuts. Happens, right? Justin Rose, some of the greats, just don't make their first couple of cuts. He went on a podcast that uh, got tweeted at me today that I listened to. Basically, he talked about how he was not in the right mental capacity. He was traveling from Monday qualifiers, not knowing when he was going to get to play. And it was really bothering him. He couldn't feel like he could get into a rhythm. Well, now we know he's going to have status on the Corn Ferry Tour. Now, with the top six last week, 106 FedEx Cup points, Jeff, he only needs a top three, a solo top three finish. And he's going to get special temporary membership on the PGA Tour. So this guy's not far, not far off from being in the field every single week. No, for sure. And so how many more starts does he get? Like, is he still? Okay. So he actually, the, the, the nice thing is, is we had some people in the industry uh, at Rob Bolton golf. Cause I had that exact question is, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, I know he burned all his sponsor exemptions, but does it restart every year? Well, at future of fantasy, Josh Culp and Rob Bolton both confirmed to me that the special temporary membership and sponsorship exemptions reset every year. So the new year just started. He's going to get seven sponsor exemptions, but he doesn't even have to use one this week because of his top 10 last week, the U.S. Open. So he's got this week and seven more. I think we're going to see him pretty soon. He's he's in a really good spot to become a a full-time tour. And I mean, look, his game is to the point where he absolutely needs to be up here. I mean, before this, before the U.S. Open, I mean, he he was basically in a position where he was in contention every week on the the Cord Ferry Tour. Now, the one thing I'll say about Zalatoris is – he probably could have five wins um, yeah. if he was. He hasn't closed that well. He's, yeah, he's, he's performed admirably. Honestly, again, I, I don't want to come off as sounding like a pro or like someone who, who is like a, a pro golfer guru or something. But he, his putting stroke is, it's it doesn't look good on TV. Like it's very quick and choppy, and you know he puts the ball really close to his irons. But he does rank like 84th or something in putts. Uh, on, on the corn ferry tour again, they don't strokes game putting uh, stats. So it's one thing to to, to take note of. Um, I think the TD green game is, is going to put him in position though, again, especially in these weaker fields, these fields and the false swing are nothing that he's not familiar with. He will get himself in contention again. It may not happen this week, but he's, he's still going to be, I'd be shocked if he missed the cut. I mean, just because that's how good he is playing TD green right now. Um, like I said, just getting it done every week on the corn ferry tour. There's no, 
there's no intimidation here by the field or at any of these next few events. So um, should be a, a really good play. Just uh, someone you can probably just hang your hat on for like a top 20. Uh, at least that's the way he's, he's been trending. So well, straight. Yeah, it's all straight. The last note I'm going to say on Zalatoris, which I don't know if uh, a lot of people have thought about because they haven't had much time to think about it. We're only in the second week of the season. But the special temporary membership, how it works is it goes based off of the previous year's number 125 in the FedEx Cup. You have to equal the same amount of points from that person. Well, this year, as if you uh, recall, Jeff, it's kind of the super season, right? But also, we only had about two-thirds of the season last year. So if there was ever a year to gain special temporary membership, it's this one because 125, in terms of how they got to number 125 last year, is way less points than the average because there was less tournaments last year. Well, Zalatoris now has a full season to do so. Obviously, only seven starts, but with the top tens, it'll be more than that. So he's going to be on here soon enough. I just I just know, don't think a lot of people have thought about that angle. Like, hey, it used to be you needed a solo second plus three more or two more top tens. Now I think it's only like two top fives or like a, a, in a major, a T6 and a T3 this week would get it done or at least very close. Okay, so let's talk about um, now as we literally, the, the salaries dropped at uh at yeah, like yeah. 128 and we started our show or uh, i'm sorry at uh we started our show at two it dropped at like 158 so we're gonna be a little flying off the pants so if we don't if we miss some golfers it's because we didn't even get a time to look at it before we came on but first clicks betting odds has been out for a little while one of the first ones that came to mind to me uh, a guy that's playing really well uh and a favorite of my co-host on wednesday nights ben raza is miliano grio 28 to 1 this week He's kind of, I'll call it like my stud other than Zalatoris that I'm looking at. Before I give you my other two, Jeff, I'll take your first click. Yeah, so for sure, I, I can definitely get behind Grillo. Um, you know, just more as a DFS play. I don't know. I, again, the putting is just like for an outright bet. I don't know if I could it can necessarily go there. I think if I was going to go for an outright at the top, I haven't really clicked anyone like with, with like, you know, smaller odds yet. It'd probably go back to Ventura. Uh, he's just a really, really good putter and you know, big off the tee, talented dude, won twice on the Corn Ferry Tour. So this is the kind of event I could definitely see Christopher Ventura getting over at. I, I think there's a, probably a good possibility I'll, I'll be hitting that around uh, plus 4,000. Um, I did bet a couple other dudes below him. I bet Zhang. I bet Jinjun Zhang or Jinjun Zhang. I can't remember how to pronounce it. Yeah, the second one I think is right. If I, if I had to guess, yeah. yeah. Anyways, you know, you guys know who I'm talking about. So uh, 50 to one. Um, I, I like it. A veteran player who's, who's T11 here a couple of years, or T5 here actually two years ago. Uh, he's played really better. His stroke scan approach was, was kind of off the charts in his last start. He's got three top 15s and six and uh, three of his last six starts. Plays better in these weaker field events. He has kind of done that his whole career. Another prolific winner on the Corn Ferry Tour. So I just think with the veteran trend, that's kind of where I'm going with the odds. I also hit up Chris Kirk at eight plus 8,000, who's actually trending pretty good, like ball striking over the last little bit. Um, and Patrick Rogers, who I just, I can't not bet Patrick Rogers at like plus 6,000 here. Um, I was actually surprised he's that big. It's just Patrick Rogers, just like my Louis who stays in a crappy golf tournament. It's like, I'm just probably going to bet him. So it's only wins. No, I, I think it makes sense. Um, couple of more top 20 values. Uh, one that I saw, especially with the week uh, that is so easy to hit the fairways. If you give a guy like William Gordon, easy to hit fairways in a weak field, if he doesn't come in the top 20, 
then, you know, of course there's a lot of variability in golf, but I, I guess I'll say that I don't really know golfers that much because this guy seems like a lock and he's three to one to top 20 in this field. And we know the talent level with him. He didn't even play that good last time out. And I think he still ended up in the top 40 or something like that at the Safeway. So I like Will Gordon a lot this week. I think his DraftKings price at 7,600. He was 8,300 at the Safeway three, two weeks ago. I, I mean, I love that. I'll take a guy that's going the other way because most people will lay off of him. It's almost like him and Luke List totally switched positions. Luke List is 8,700 this week. Gordon is, Gordon is uh, 7,600. So that's the one. Uh, and then I have one more. Guy that's been playing really well is Strokes Gaten has really come around is Doug Gim. Doug Gim, 70 to one this week. He's also three to one in the top 20. So Gim and Gordon, two G's uh, there for you, Jeff, uh, in the mid range. How about you? Yeah, I like the Doug Gim call. I actually had him on my top 20 list as well. So definitely uh, behind that, obviously can definitely get behind that. You know, and I've been kind of looking, you know, I throw Gim, I I don't mind hitting up like uh like a Kirk or even Jang for plus top 20 or for top 20s as well. But I always like to look a little bit downfield down the field in here. And I mean, Martin Laird at plus 800 for a top 20, he really just tends, can tends to excel once, once we get in like these, these weaker field events, like he will just, he's someone who will just pop, uh, you know, w- with a good week, if he has an okay week on the green. So plus 800, I- I'm okay taking a shot with that. I know he hasn't really looked good in his last couple starts, but I think that's way too big for a, for a top 20 on a veteran like that, who's got a lot of, of history, just, you know, popping up in these uh, weaker field events. So I'll take Laird at plus 800. I think another guy you could, no, no, I'll just leave it at Laird. I'm not going to, I don't want to throw too many scrubby plays, but that's where I would go for like a bigger number on a top 20 this week. All right. I'll give you my one bigger number. Uh, since you gave one at eight to one, I'll give mine seven fifty to one Justin Sue. So I think I've talked about him a couple of times. If you have, if you haven't heard me talk about him, I'll give you the 22nd elevator speech on him. He came out same time as Morikawa, Wolf and Hovland. He was kind of in that big four, but he has yet to break through. However, he went to the IQ series. He's had three top tens and a 33rd plus came in T21 at the Barracuda, which was his best PGA tour finish in the start. So I like Justin too. Maybe he's finally starting to find a rhythm on professional golf. He's here in a sponsor exemption. So he knew he was going to play here. He's 750 to one on the top 20. I like that a lot. I'll be putting a decent amount on that this week. I think he's starting and we know in college he had the power and the ability and potential to play with these guys. So it's, you know, it just takes some of these guys that are coming out uh, from college a little bit of time to get their rhythm. I think Justin Sue could be very close and I'd like to be above that curve. So let's now transition into talking about a little bit of our DFS first reactions. And here's where I'd have it maybe a little bit more organized. So I apologize uh, if we maybe go a little bit off script, uh, but we start off only four golfers above 10,000 in a week field. That makes sense to me. I think I, I guess that there'd be five. I also guess that Zalatoris wouldn't be the highest, uh, the highest price golfer. I thought it'd be Corey Connors. And then I thought he would be followed by another countryman and native uh, countryman with yours, Jeff, Corey Connors and Mackenzie Hughes, both mm-hmm. above 10K and Sam Burns also getting the love, 10,100. What do you make of those guys? I mean, obviously, Zalatoris, we've talked about him enough, but the other three, are you leaning to play them all or is there somebody that you don't think is fit for this course? I mean, from a fit perspective, it's hard to argue against Hughes because he was obviously second here last year and, and he has the same style of game. I mean, obviously, um, you know, not not a big hitter off the tee, not a guy who gains strokes off the tee, can get red hot. I mean, he's first in strokes game putting over the last 50 rounds, second in strokes game around the greens. So 
Uh, if he does hit a decent amount of, of fairways and greens this week, I mean, he, he's probably going to get himself in contention, right? Um, at the same time, like, I, I'm not going to bring myself to pay 10300 for Mackenzie Hughes. I just, I never play him anyways. So hopping on him here just seems insane to me. Yeah. He, from a fit perspective, he's probably like the best fit, you'd say. But, you know, realistically, he's also got the weakest tee to green game of, of these t- of these four guys. Um, yeah. You know, there, there's no question about it. So, you know, you, you even with the small sample size from Zalatoris, we know he's a better ball striker than, than oh. even <laughs> at this point, even in a very even, small sample. Not even a hot ball. take. Yeah, not even a hot take, right? So um, for me, I, I really like Sam Burns uh, for this setup. He, he, he does have a lot of upside on Bermuda Greens. I will definitely be playing him again. It's just kind of a matter of who I want to pair him with. I'll probably pair him with Zalatoris. Maybe you may, if I was going to play lots of lineups, yeah, and I, I, like, I don't know how much I'm playing. It's obviously a bit of a weaker field event, but I, I would probably, I might sprinkle in a little Mackenzie Hughes, um, but at the same time, I don't feel like I need to. Like you have Danny McCarthy down there with a really similar game who's cheaper. So I, I think I, it, for me, it would be like, you know, stacking Burns with like Zal Torres or stacking Burns with another guy in the 9K range. But Sam Burns for me, you get a little bit of value off of Zal Torres. You get the Bermuda potting splits, a guy who's, who's I think, I mean, I talked about him a couple of weeks ago, really starting to play well. His approach game is, is picking up. Uh, I think he's due for a win soon. He's definitely my favorite play there. Yeah, as we move down a little bit, um, it's the 9 and 8K range, and we'll get a couple thoughts on this. Um, if you are playing Zalatoris and skipping Burns, I was able to fit two guys in in this range. Mateo Schwab, I'll talk about him for a second. I, I feel like, he should be so much better in majors than he is. The PGA Championship and the US Open, dreadful performances. Maybe I'm overstating his potential and his actual playing ability, but from what I've witnessed on the European Tour the last two years, I feel like this guy should be an elite ball striker. Right. We saw him at the CUDA almost win it. I think he's a good fit for this field, but Jeff, why, why isn't he performing at the highest level right now? Yeah, it's, it's a fair question. I mean, he's done some fantastic things over in Europe. I mean, most people who obviously follow a game over there. And, you know, again, you don't want to be too hard on, on these on these guys. I mean, coming in off a break, I mean, he did almost win the Barracuda, right? Yep. So, I mean, he, he's obviously... Could have won it, actually. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you look at his stats, it, it's definitely not like his approach game or it hasn't been for the most part. Uh, I think it's just getting just getting everything together. I mean, in a lot of ways, he kind of feels like kind of a, a worse version of Zalatoris. Like he's behind where Zalatoris is similar type of game. He's got that really elite ball striking when he's on, but he hasn't quite put it together to a consistent level yet. So both um, SEC guys too, I think Vanderbilt and, uh, and Zalatoris went oh, to, yeah. uh, to Wake Forest. No, no, Wake Forest is ACC. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Don't, don't get right. Yeah. I, I'm not one to know about the car. <laughs> Definitely. We'll, we'll get all the colleges wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's kind of how I see him. So, we are, we've already seen him pop up in a weaker field like this. Now he's not, I mean, he wasn't really, you know, he, he was coming off a, a really solid week at the 3M before. So now he's coming off like a, you know, not a good week. I mean, I don't know what, to, I don't know really what to do with him this week. I'm tempted to get back on him, but um, I don't really feel the need. Like, like we, like people were kind of feeling when we were at the Barracuda and everyone's like, yeah, you got to bet him at like 40 to one, which was, you know, if you bet him with top five and the win, I mean, it was a really good bet, but um, I don't feel that need right now, uh, especially on a course like this, where again, putting is, is a big deal and, and maybe works out as a DFS play, but 
Well, I guess I, I posed the question back to you since I know you follow the European tour just as much as I do. We, we like to watch it. I mean, it's, it's, it's good quality entertainment. Now the fields have been a little weaker recently. I still try to keep up on it a little bit, but um, maybe not as much this, this past winter. I will admit the winner of last week's Garrett Ego, the 21 year old from South Africa. I honestly had never heard of him before, um, but uh, maybe yeah. now I'll take note. Now here's what I'll say though. If you follow the European tour, you know that Matthias Schwab is pretty good. Well, I'd say a golfer that's been just as good as him. In fact, I think they were in like the rookie of the year together is Kurt Kitayama and Kurt Kitayama 7,100 in this field. I guess my saying is if I'm going to play Schwab, I have to play Kitayama at 7,100 because they're, they're basically, if you look at their stats and their finishes, they play well together, $1,700 difference there. And I know I'm maybe jumping around a bit, but did that surprise you? Did you see that? I don't know if it's the first time I'm mentioning it, but because we didn't have a lot of time to absorb it. However, that just stuck out to me. Yeah, actually, yeah, I forgot I bet Kirk Idiama because one of the books put him at 125 to 1. Yeah, so I, I just, I just hit it. And the thing with Kitayama is you, you're talking about a course fit perspective. This I think this is way better for Kitayama, this, this type of course. It's a resort yeah. course. Yeah. Fairways, who cares? Like, he, Kirk Kitayama hits it a mile for, for how big he is, yes. but he does not hit fairways, dude. Like, he <laughs> sprays the ball. Shot even so, last week, too, at the and first round of the U.S. Open. So form is not that far off. No, and, and I don't think it is that far off. Like he, he, that's the thing with him. He might look bad. Like the results don't look that good, but I don't think he's playing that bad. So he's not playing that much like, either, sadly. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. I think he could easily come in here and light things up on a course like this. You know, a, a person I, I would trade him as a better putter uh, and stuff like that from Shaw. Just a just a better overall, probably easier course player. I mean, easy easy venue player. So I think this 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 style of setup favors his game a little bit more. And I don't know how the two of them are going to react. I think Schaub is definitely the better long-term player. Uh, more con- You'll see more consistency over the, the their careers. But I, I think for this week alone, you could Kiyama is the guy I would I would be betting on more to come up. And again, 7,100, like you said, that's way easier to fit in, way better from an odds perspective. So yeah, I'm kind of down with taking a shot on him here. Yeah, um, another guy that I wanted to bring up uh, that we're going down the list, top 10, he's here because of a top 10 last time out, Akshay Bhatia, the 19-year-old. Mm-hmm. has His form had been trending. You and I talked about him at the Safeway a couple weeks ago, or even before it, kind of said that his game was getting real close. So is he in play for you this week? 6,900, you and I both were like, ooh, that's coming off a top 10 in this field. Yeah. It seems like a really good price. I think he's in play. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised he didn't get like a, a boost into the seven game, get a little more respect. Um, it was pretty impressive at the Safeway, man. Like you, you look at his strokes gain, his top 20 strokes gain, he putted okay. He was just good at, at everything and he showed a lot of poise. Um, I, I don't know why that wouldn't continue. I mean, he's 18. So obviously uh, if, if he gets a little overconfident or something, you know, you could see some some blowback and, and maybe he puts in like just a bad round and miss the cut. But you know, it, it looked really easy for him at the Safeway. I mean, it really did. And I can't see that not being like just a confidence thing where he just comes out against another weaker field on a really sort of a simplistic course and just puts it together again for, for a solid week. Um, I, I don't really know what to do with him. I mean, I, I honestly, like I, in a way, I almost wish he was like 8K. So I just maybe I'd be like, ah, oh, it's too too expensive. But maybe yep. that would have made him a better play because he would have been like 1% owned. He'll, he'll probably get a bit of ownership, but I don't think it'll get crazy. Um, I, I think he makes for a good mix it in play for sure. I, I can't really see why. I mean, he's, so, he's such a prolific junior golfer. He's got so much talent. Like I said, from 18 to just come in there and be like top 20, tee to green, just look like you're just cruising around the course. That's that's pretty crazy, man. So um, and he should have made the cut. 
Yeah, he should have made the cut in the, in the start before that too. He was well inside the yeah. line and then tanked yeah. his last like seven holes or something. And that's that's the only thing you worry about. There's still a lot of bust potential. Definitely. You know, the, you saw the I mean, if he makes the weekend, probably probably top twenty for sure. Like, yep. I, I would say, I would say making that weekend is gonna be so big for him. He's he's definitely worth the risk. I mean. For sure. I got um, a cool kind of a funny section for you because we've mentioned a couple of these guys and one of them we were just asked about in uh, the chat. So huge amount of major medical golfers playing this week and major medical golfers, meaning they got injured, they had to step away from the tour and now they're coming back and they're in a little better situation than say Will Zalatoris where I think they have like 10 starts on a major medical, maybe 12. I'm sorry. I don't know the exact one right off the top of my head, but it's more than seven. A um, couple of those guys, we saw James Hahn pop out last week, Kevin Chappell, Chris Kirk, Hudson Swafford, and even Grayson Murray, who, if you follow his Twitter, all he's been talking about is sports betting recently, uh, betting <laughs> betting about basketball and football and whatever else. And now he's uh, saying that the Denver Nuggets are, he'll bet his house to beat the Lakers on the next one. Anyways, if you're into all that stuff, you can go check it out or maybe even take Murray's bet and trade him house for house. Um, but of the major medical guys, did anybody interest you there? I know this is maybe a little different topic than I normally say, but Chris Kirk, James Hahn, a couple of guys that are certainly playing well. Kevin Chappell even sparked up a couple uh, times recently. Yeah, I definitely Kirk out of, out of that group. Like I said, I really feel like this is this is the kind of event and and just style of course for Chris Kirk. And and you look at the results from from most of these guys. I mean, Kirk won. A web dot. I mean, I, we forget a corn ferry tour event back in June. So, I mean, like we know there, there's a little bit of confidence lurking there. He, he improved his ball striking last time out. The only reason he was like T50 at the Wyndham is because he just couldn't sink a putt. But this is a dude who's, who's gotten hot with his putter over his career. Um, he, he actually was, you know, flashed a little bit of form in Detroit there. I know he's, he's up there. shot like a 65. I really like Chris Kirk this week. I got to admit, like I, I am, I am kind of all about that. So He's the only one I'm really super high on. Yeah, Chapel played well. I'm not sure if this is like the venue for Chapel necessarily where you, you got to rely on your putter so much. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think about, you know, Kevin Chapel having to like sink a bunch of birdies on the weekend. That kind of gives me stomach aches. Hudson's <laughs> a little, little bit interesting. Um, uh, I, I think he, he started to, to put together a little bit more consistency, but, you know, I say that with a grain of salt because I think he also missed like a corn ferry to or missed cut or something. But you know, he, he is the type of player you would kind of expect in a little bit easier course with these par fives to pop up. So maybe maybe a little bit of interest in Swafford, but realistically, it's kind of just Kirk out of that group. Um, and that's pretty much it for me. All right. Uh, three more notes that I had, then we'll get on uh, out of here. I'll have you pick. These two guys are known as bombers. Both of them have good finishes here, especially one of them, the other one, decent. Both are way out of form right now, though. Keith Mitchell and Kevin Tway. Now, take out DraftKings price. Do either of them interest you this week? And do you see either of them bouncing back? And then I've got one more note after that. Yeah, Kevin Tway is. I don't. I don't know what the heck is going on with Kevin Tway. Gone, um, right? Just, just like I mean, so many missed cuts. Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of just everything with this game too. So. I'm not going to get on the Kevin Tway train. I, I'd have way more confidence about Keith Mitchell, who has had his issues as well, but he he does tend to like flash really good play. So yep. I think I think the step down in competition definitely helps Mitchell. He was second here, uh, I think in 2018. So um, Bermuda putting surfaces. Yeah, I, I'd have way more way more confidence in, in Keith Mitchell. I, Kevin Tway is just like 
I don't even want to try and time what's going on there. Uh, I, I think he might need like a, a break, like a real break, like a month. So um, I'm not going to try and time that. I think Keith Mitchell, you know, still showing signs of, of something that, that is good coming out, but uh, maybe, and maybe like this week field brings it out. So Mitchell, definitely a little bit of interest. I don't know if I'm going to sprinkle any of these guys in, but um, that would be definitely the way I'd lean between those two. All right. So then my, my last one is, and this is the most confusing price of the week, right? Because we had Akshabatia, the 19 year old yep. top 10 last time out, come in at 6,900, right? Good price, reasonable. Then we've got this Jo Hyung Kim, the possible superstar 19 year old from South Korea, goes by Tom Kim. He's 8,200 after just making the cut and coming in maybe dead to last place. What do you make of that? I mean, are they just toying with us DFSers because they know we love them? Like, what's the deal here? I, I, okay, I, I can kind of give you a lowdown. So obviously there's the various sports books and prices out there. And I think one set of prices just, just put in like, they're just like, we do not want to take a bunch of action on Kim this week. And they put him around 66 to one. And I think DraftKings kind of based their price off that. And I think, I know he's out there at way bigger prices too, but um, I think, I think the, the, the salaries have kind of been based off that, that more conservative pricing, so to speak. So uh, you know, Bahati, um, obviously still out there. I think most books had him triple digits. So I think that's kind of why he got priced up. Um, you know, I agree. I mean, th- those two shouldn't really be any different. If anything, Bahati should probably be priced in front of him if you're asking me, but, um, yeah, you know, they're both, both, both very similar plays right now. I mean, you know, if they make the weekend, they could definitely get you top 10, maybe even get in contention, but a lot of bus potential still. So 8,200, it's a pretty easy, just, uh, cross off for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Even in maybe the only, yeah, maybe the only thing that, that like, we can say, and you kind of said it with Batia, you're like, oh, maybe if he was 8,200 and lower yeah. owned, he would have been a better play. Maybe that's the only reason it's why we, we play him and here. The but, thing is, with this field, you can you can make that argument for pretty much, like, guys like this, because it's so bad that you're, you're, like, you're not wrong for saying it. I'm just right. saying, for me, it's going to make my decision easier, because I just... I'll just be like, no, I think like, you have to cross some people off. Right. So you sure do. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it. And and I think, you know, is he got a lot of accolades as he should for his, his total destruction of the Asian development tour. And even for the most part, since he's gone on it, the, the main Asian tour over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we still, again, there, there's some great golfers that come out of there. Don't get me wrong, but we haven't seen him tested against who we would consider the best golfers in the world. So um, I would much rather take the $1,300 and, Probably, let's be honest, not more than 10% ownership on Batia this week. I'll go I'll go there. I, I can't imagine. So, all right. Well, um, that's going to do it for our PGA DFS First Look Show for the Corrales Punta Cana Championship. Of course, if you're not an Osmo member, it is a great time to join. And listen, we've got – I was talking to Jordan Klein behind the glass here before we came out. This might be one of the best sports history uh, – sports times in history with how much we've got going on. If you want to come in and see everything we've got to offer at Osmo – Come try the Platinum Pass. That means you get access to everything we've got to offer here at Osmo.com. Just $30 for the week. And with all the sports going on, we got LOL coming back, which I know is Alex's one of favorite games. Of course, we've got NFL, NBA, MLB, golf. I mean, we've got it all. Of course, if you're just here for the golf, which, of course, I appreciate, $8.95 for the week. And we've got this week, we've got a Sanderson Farms, which is going to be a very similar field. Uh, we got some new courses coming up that we haven't seen in a while. Sherwood Country Club, Shadow Creek. Got some really good events coming up, so a great time to join and do so. So uh, if you want more, check out Timothy Frank and Ben Razzett tomorrow on the PGA DFS Strategy Show. 
and then myself and Ben Raz at 8.30, live before lock Wednesday. And Jeff, you're going to come out with uh, the approach article this week for us, correct? Uh, which yeah, last week, did, did you have Zalatoris in it from uh, the top golfers too? I, I'm not sure if you did or didn't. Uh, I didn't get to check, but. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, well, I think you did because I, I, I know that he was yeah. one of the top golfers too, but. Um, you'll also have some NFL stuff for us this week. As well. Yeah, I think I actually might have mentioned them in the GPP section mm-hmm. just because of the low ownership too. But yeah, and then yeah, definitely, uh, yeah, the Saturday strategy show I'm on for Osmo, awesome, so check that out. And with, uh, a, a, you know, from the slot article that, again, these are free articles too that we're putting out uh, highlighting the grades and stuff. So if you want to see, you know, who, the, who Alex is on in the projections, I'll, I highlight those in the article for you guys. Give them, give out his grades and stuff. So it's always cool if you want a little glimpse into, uh, you know, what he's thinking. And then you can make a decision if you want to, you know, buy the platinum package or weekly, whatever. So exactly. Well, again, thanks everybody for joining on your way out. If you're watching this on replay, make sure to give us a like. It helps us keep the lights on here. So we certainly appreciate that. So till next time, everybody. We will see you on the other side. Thanks for joining us. Cheers.